Uh, for those, again, that Scott, don't know me, my name is Scott Sela. I serve as the children's minister, and we also affectionately call the whatever minister here in a lot of different ways. Um, I thought about this morning, back to school blessing would be really great just to show you a bunch of baby pictures of my new grandson, but I did that a few weeks ago, so I won't do that this morning. Um, but it has changed my world. Um, I now find myself, you know, reorganizing the pictures in the uh, iPhone album and what I'm going to put there and then cropping in and making cool things. So it, it does change your focus a lot. Um, and I know a lot of you are going, yes, it does. I mean, having kids changed our focus. There's just something different about grandkids, mainly because we don't have to take care of them all the time. But it changed my focus. I'm, I'm, what I think about, what I want to do, you know, when I think about vacation time, I don't think about now uh, really a lot of time places to go. I think about a person to go see. And our focus changes a lot of the times over our lifetimes. Um, and I don't know if you're like me. I, I like to start a project, and I, I think I'm a focused kind of guy, but not always. Um, I'll start cleaning the garage. I've started cleaning the garage one time, and, you know, I start organizing the shelf and getting that ready, and then it gets distracted with, you know, a project within a project within a project. So I've started organizing the shelf, but I found that bucket of uh, bolts and nuts and screws that I'm going to need sometime. Um, and I never need them until I finally throw them away. Then I need them two days later. But I start sorting those out and then getting the size, and I, I just lose track. I found myself one time cleaning the garage, and by the time of the end of the day, I thought, I really didn't get much done. But I do have my shop back in pieces because I was working on that because it wasn't working. I lose focus sometimes in the details of what I'm doing. Now, all those details were important in cleaning the garage, but I lose focus and end up not exactly where I wanted to be, not accomplishing what I was supposed to that day. But again, I have a shop back in pieces that hopefully will work again when I put it back together. Focus tends to drift. For most of us, we think we're on task, but we, we lose it, and we get caught up in some details that don't really matter, or we think those details are the most important part, but the most important part for my job that day was to clean the garage, and it was in a worse mess than when I started. And you know, we all lose focus. Sometimes we all lose focus. It's easy to lose focus, and sometimes it's not a big deal. I can clean the garage the next day, the next Saturday. Sometimes it's not a big deal when you lose focus. It's kind of funny sometimes, and you laugh about it. But sometimes, other times, it is a big deal. It's a big deal when you lose focus of your entire life, and you lose focus of what you're supposed to be about. In our children, we talk about what we're supposed to be in relationship to, to Jesus. We want to be making wise choices. We want to be people that show Jesus. And those are our focuses. And when we lose focus sometimes on, on details in our Christian walk, though. We worry about keeping others maybe right and on track and following our rules. We lose focus on the ultimate goal of what we're supposed to be about as followers of Jesus. And it happens easily in our lives. It happened since the beginning of the church. There was a guy named Paul <clears throat> that would go around. <clears throat> excuse me. He would go around and plant churches. 
And he would tell them about Jesus and tell them what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And they were on board. They had struggles, but they would get on board. And then he would go to the next town after he started a church. And he knew, like everybody else, even if you're following Jesus, you're still a human and you still have a struggle with staying focused. So he would write letters back to a lot of these churches because some of them lost their focus big time. You know, we, we just spent this last year looking at Corinthians, the Corinthian church, and they, they had a focus problem in a lot of areas. But Paul would write these letters back. So today I want to look at a letter he wrote back to a group of people that were in a town called Philippi. And the letter's called Philippians in our Bible. And he wrote back to them to remind them how to keep their focus. And he has a special relationship with this church. And I want to start off in the beginning of chapter 1 here in Philippians. We'll start off in verse 3. Uh, just to let you know a little bit of the background of what kind of relationship Paul had with this group of Christians. And he says this. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He says, and it's right for me to feel this way about you. It's right. It's right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. This is where I think of I said, my grandchild, I I think of this way because they're in my heart. They're always in my focus. And Paul says, you're always in my focus. And whether I'm in chains or defending the gospel, confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. And God can now testify how I long for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. You get the picture? Paul cares for these people. Paul cared deeply for these people. It wasn't just a passing, hey, we we started a church here and I know them and, you know, forget them. I've been on many mission trips and I've met some great people at some mission sites. And we stay in touch some, but usually I end up forgetting them. Paul never forgot any of the people he talked to, especially here at Philippi. He cared for these people deeply, and because of that care, he wanted the best for them. So he's going to write this letter and remind them of their focus, remind them of what they're supposed to be about as followers of Jesus. Because he remember, we all lose focus. We all get lost. It's easy to get caught up in details that don't matter, and Paul's going to point them to the details that he says, these are the top things. Above anything else, if you miss everything else, don't forget these things as followers. So let's see what those are. Pick up in verse 12 of chapter 2. Paul's writing to them, and he gives them some focus, some things to think about. He gives them a whole lot of things, but here's what I want to key in on today. He says, therefore, my dear friends... Have you always obeyed, not only in my presence when I'm here, but how much more when I'm in my absence? Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to stay focused. Don't let it be a passing thing. Continue to work it out. Stay focused. 
with fear and trembling. Stay focused on what you're doing. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's God doing this. It's not you guys. So remember, stay focused. It's not you. It's God. It's God doing this thing. It says, do everything without grumbling and arguing. That could be a, an entire uh, sermon series. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and warped generation. Paul saying, you need to be different. You need to stand out. And then he gives a word picture. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. As you hold firmly to the word of life, then he says, I'll be able to boast on the day that Christ of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Paul says, just hang on to that focus so I can see at the end you had it right. I taught you well. I didn't get you off track. But the word picture Paul gives here is, is just one of those wonderful ones. I love the imagery here of light in a dark world. Because I think it wouldn't take much of just watching the news, reading the newspaper, looking around wherever you go. It's a dark world often. Our kids see it too. Wherever they go, they, they have eyes that we think we're protecting a lot of the times, but our kids see how things can be dark in words that people say, in things that people do. It's a dark world. And the image Paul gives us here is that we're to be light. Such a different contrast to darkness. Two opposite things, light and dark. And Paul says, of those choices, you're to be light. You're to stand out. You're to be different. You're to be light in how you live. He says, it's not just saying, I'm different and I follow Jesus, so suddenly I'm going to be light just by default. I've accepted Jesus. I've given my life over him into to baptism. You don't come up out of the water automatically shining. There's a bit of a glow. But you don't hap- that doesn't happen. It's, it's how you live. It doesn't just become a movement. It's a how you live that brings out that light, that brings out that difference. It's in our actions. It's what we do for others. It's what we do for the others closest to us. It's what we do for those that we don't even know. It's how you treat people. It's how you use the things that you have to bless the lives of others. It's how you leverage what God's done in your life, not for you, but for others. It's your actions that make you shine or not shine. It's also not just that, it's our reactions. When we encounter things in this world, we encounter evil, when we encounter injustice, when we encounter people in pain, how we react to that can make the difference between dark and light. Does what make what makes God angry make you angry? When you see people being hurt, do you react with protection or do you react with well that's bad for them they made some bad choices they should do better or do you react with the heart of God and say they're in pain 
they've made some wrong choices, but my job is to react with love, with compassion, with kindness. So it's our actions and it's our reactions, and especially it's our voice. We talk about this a lot in our children's ministry and youth ministry. Our words matter. And once you get them out, it's like we've done an example. It's like trying to get toothpaste back in a toothpaste tube. You can't. So our words matter. Are your words used to help others and to build them up, to make them feel like they are valued in God's world, or to make yourself just a little bit better than them? Are your words used to build or to tear down? So it's our actions, it's our reactions, and it's what we say that really makes a difference, that helps us to shine. If we're going to go around in the world and we're going to think about those things and we're going to focus on how we act, how we react, what we say, and we base that on Jesus and his example, you can't help but begin to shine. That glow will come about you. People will go, that, there's something different about them. And they'll see it. Now, it's all good for me as a, as a church guy, as a minister, to talk about that. And think, I can do my best here to, to shine and be light. It's, it's what I do. It's my job. And that's true. But the reality of what I do here, what we do here, it's a training ground for the power you have where you go. For the power you have in your lives. This is the importance for our students especially, for our teachers and those working out there interacting every day with people you have more power than i do you have more power than scott meyer does you have more power than justin because you are uniquely placed you are uniquely placed you are put where you are you interact where you go uniquely that i can't do and in fact that the people around you can't do because you're uniquely placed in your school. Students, you have an ability to talk to kids that us adults don't. There's things we can't say. Some of that's just the way the world is. But there's also some things that when we say it, and we talk to other, to other people, and we talk to kids, they look at us and say, yeah, but you're the adult, and you're telling me what to do. There's things, students, that you can say that carry a whole lot different weight than your teachers, than your parents. You're uniquely placed, kids, in your school to do what us adults can't do for Jesus. You have that ability. You're uniquely placed, adults, in your workplace, especially as we talk about teachers and those working with students. You're uniquely placed to interact with who God has surrounded you with. I can't walk into your workplace and have authority and, and clout because they don't know me, but they know you. You're uniquely placed to leverage that light living where God has placed you. And even when it's a day that's not a good day, that's when you can shine even more as a follower of Jesus. You're uniquely placed in your neighborhood. 
we talk about going the extra mile around this building, but you are uniquely placed in your neighborhood to go that extra mile where you live. How you interact with your neighbors, how you deal with that guy that plays the music way too loud, way too late. You can be light and still have truth. Your neighborhood can be impacted. Imagine you just kind of picture your home glowing with light because of how you live amongst your neighbors in your world. And of course, especially for everyone in our relationships. You have unique relationships that no one else around you has. There are people in your life that you may be the only voice, you may be the only action they see to give them light. No one else can step in and do that but you. You are uniquely placed in the relationships that you've developed to be light for Jesus, to speak a word of hope, to give a shoulder to cry on, to give a word of admonition and pointing someone in the right direction, or simply just to listen and give help. You are positioned in all those to be light, to shine, to make a difference. And we call you to that here at Western Hills because we want to, we said, we want to go that extra mile. We've, we've got part of our vision for the next five years. One of the things of that vision is everyone lead one. That's part of this idea. You are uniquely placed to lead someone to the foot, feet of Jesus, to the foot of the cross. And that may be walking them through a Bible study. That may be just getting them to pray, that may be bringing them here. But we're calling everyone to be part of that, to know the power. And that's what Paul is saying here to the Philippians. You are light. You have the ability to shine and to bring someone into the light, closer to Jesus by what you do. Because here's what I want to tell you a secret. God is up to something. God is up to something in the world. And he invites you to participate. That's what Paul's telling the Philippians. God's doing it. The work is God's, he says. What God's doing, it's not you, but he invites you to participate and be a part of it. To be that little bit of light in a dark world. You think, wow, that's, that's not a lot I can do. I'm a little bit of light in a dark world. And that's true. But every little might matters. And it's okay for me to come up here and tell you, especially as teachers and those working in our schools, and say, we need you to make an impact in our schools when you know the reality. There's rules and there's laws. There's things you can do and can't do, and it depends on where you're placed. If I could say a word for Jesus, it might get me in trouble. And that's a reality. And it's like, what am I to do? I'm just trying to get by with what I've got in my workplace especially for our, our teachers and those working in schools. But this morning, we want to make an impact that goes beyond just one person, but we want to help those individuals. In a little bit here, we're going to continue on our worship time and our prayer time in the gym. And in the gym, we've got blessings for those that are especially working in our public schools. We've got a gift for our teachers to not just tell you to go to the extra mile. We want to give you something to help you do that 
where you're placed. So if you work in one of our public school systems, teacher, administrator, if you work in the cafeteria, you come in contact with people that need some light. They need you to be light. So we have for you an offering to help you make that happen. There's a gift card in here. It's the, the get it done kind of funds. And we want you to share back if you're able to, to leverage that in a way. And it's a, it's a story that please share it back. There's a way to do that on the back to tell us how you were light and pointed to Jesus. If you're uh, out there with the kids and working hard and you, just, you need a break, we've also got a gift card there for, you know, everybody loves Sonic, right? You know, you can, this goes a long way at happy hour. We know it's tough. And so we want to not just say, go, go leverage this. We want you to do that. We also just want to say thank you. So if you're, you're working in schools, we've got those as well. When you need that break, you could even use that to, to give that teacher next to you a break and a blessing. Because every little bit of light matters. And I want to ask our kids to help us as adults get that point across. I'm going to clear up uh, the stage here. I've asked some of our students to be ready, our high school students. I'm asking our high schools to go ahead and stand and come on up here and just stand right up here. These are our, our high school and junior high students. They are going to help us get this idea across. Once they're up here, if you've got kids up through high school, I want you to send them up here right now. We're going to just kind of fill up the stage sitting here. You can sit here, sit here. I'm going to get this out of the way. We've got a message that I need your help to tell. So, kids, come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Get this out of the way. Not yet. <laughs> Can you move, please? I need to put this there. Where are you standing? There we go. Thank you. All right, come on up. Let's have a seat. Guys, why don't you just sit along there? I'm going to go sit right can I sit right here? May I sit here? How about I go back up here? That'll work. I'm going to sit right here. Come on in. Have a seat down here. Perfect. Come on in. I need our students then once they get up here, kind of spread out because you're going to need to be able to distribute something here in a minute. All right. All right. This will be easy. Kids, just face me. You're used to that, right? Elliot's got the look of yeah. All right. I've been talking to everybody here about being light, right? What's the opposite of light? Dark. dark. Very good. Dark. So everybody go like this. Is it dark? Yeah, a bit dark. Depends on how hard you push on your eyes. Well, darkness. Now, okay, let's do this. Ready? Anybody kind of afraid of the dark sometimes? Yeah. I sometimes am too. When, especially sometimes when you're outside and it's dark and you can't see anything and you're not sure what's in the darkness. Well, when I was little, I got to go on a trip one time and we went to a place called Carlsbad Caverns. And back then they would bring you in the cavern and you'd walk through and they had the rangers there that would tell you all about the stalactites and stalagmites. And I know how to tell the difference, but it's kind of boring, so I won't tell you that. Um, they would show you all these beautiful things in the caves, but as we got farther deep in there, they'd have our group ready, and they said, okay, everybody stand still. We're going to turn out the lights. 
Okay, now you may have been outside before or in your room before, or maybe even a closet before, and like they've turned the lights out, and it's dark. But somehow, there's just a little bit of light there. Well, when we got in that cave, and they said, we're going to turn the lights out, I was standing there, and I moved closer to my mama and made sure I knew exactly where I could grab her if I needed to. And they turned the lights out. And I'm not kidding you. I put my hand, because they told us to do this, I put my hand right here. I could not see my hand. It was completely dark. And they would leave it on for just, just a little bit. And there's something about that when it gets really, really dark, it gets really kind of scary. And you don't know what to do. And you think, I'm all by myself here. And then the ranger would turn on his flashlight. And it was a little small light. But suddenly, in all that darkness, it seemed like a giant light. And it was like everybody went... <sighs> because the darkness was scary. But his little light made a big difference. And then once your eyes got adjusted, they would flip on the switches that brought everything out. I think they did that because if you turned the lights on all right then, we'd all go blind from the light. But when it's dark like that, just a little bitty light makes a difference. And you may think, you know, Sydney, you're just one kid. Luke, you're just one kid. What difference can I make? Why don't we say that together? What difference can I make? What difference can I make? Well, you can make a huge difference because one little light, when you add it to a bunch of other little lights, makes a difference. I've got a picture of some stars here on this. Let's go to the star video. I've been outside before up in the mountains when it's been really, really, really dark except for stars. Even on a night where the moon was almost gone, the stars... So many of them made it where you could see and do anything you wanted to outside. Because the stars together made it so bright. So I want to tell you a secret. And we're going to help show everybody out here the secret. That when it gets dark. Maybe let's see. Let's see if we can get it dark in here. When the lights come down a little bit. Let's go down a little bit. Let's go down a little bit. Is that a little darker? Can you still see? Okay, good. Well, let, how about this? Let's leave this light on up here. Let's make, everybody look out there. Let's make them all dark. Ooh, look at that. I did that with my hand. They helped me back there. So it gets darker, but I think we can make it a little bit more. Let's bring it down a little bit more up here, a little bit more. It's okay. If you're sitting next to somebody, you need to like, okay, if you need to hold on to, to your sister's hand, it's okay. It's okay. It's coming down a little bit more. A little bit more. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody go, ooh, ooh. Okay, I think we can do this. A little bit more. It's okay. Oh, a little bit, a little bit. And it's gone. Now, we can still see some stuff because we got, we got lights here and there. But if I do this, can everybody see this? Okay, wow. See, now... It's just one light, but it helps me see. But what if I wasn't the only one in my school or my workplace that was doing this? If I had friends around me that were going out 
and be in light. Let's see if our students can help us. Let's see if we can get a... What if a few more kids were light where they go? Let's see if we can get some of those out there. Oh, let's see. You're going to have to probably walk around there. There you go. We're getting there. You're going to have to break them for them. Yeah. There you go. All right, once you get one, I want you to do this. Sit down and get one, and I want you to hold it up like this. Once you get one of these lights, sit down and hold it up like this. We got one of the twins that needs one. There we go. All right, now have a seat. Once you got your light, have a seat and hold it just right above your head. Maybe use two hands, like hold it right up there like that. It's like a lightsaber there. All right. Does everybody got one? Oh, look, I've got two now. I feel special. All right. Can, now, let's, let's ask a question for our, our people sitting out there. Is there more light up here now? Yeah. Well, I started with my one little light, but as we added more and more and more and more lights, if each one of us go out and we share Jesus with others and we be light in our words, in our actions, how we treat other people, we bring a little bit of light everywhere we go. And we will be like what Paul said, we will shine like stars wherever we go. I can. I can see your hand too. And you can see, even though it's dark in this room, you can see because all these kids are being light. Now, kids, look out there. Imagine if we had bought lights for everybody out there. And I know you're sad because you don't have a light. But all out there would be light. We would not need to have the lights on at all. We'd have lights everywhere if each one of us was glowing like this. So here's my challenge for you. All right, kids, eyes this way. I'm going to look at my glowing face. My challenge for you and for all these people out there is wherever you go this year, especially as you go to places like school and work, and your neighborhood to shine like Jesus. Treat other people the way Jesus would, and you will glow brighter than this glow stick ever will. And let me tell you a secret. This glow stick, probably in another day, there'll be no light at all. But Jesus put a light in you that lasts forever. Because Paul said, it's not us that are the lights it's God doing the work in us. So how about we tell all the people out here, we help them get that idea. We're going to bring the lights up a tiny little bit out there. Out there. Because we're going to sing a song called Shine, Jesus, Shine. And it's about Jesus shining and about us shining like Jesus. And as we do that, your parents need to hear this one. Parents, get ready to get your stuff together because... We're going to continue this message on because we don't just want to tell the kids to be light. We want to pray over our kids. We want to pray over our teachers and administrators. We want to pray over you as parents as we go out and go the extra mile and be light in the world, especially during this school year.